0: I want to invite you to get your Bibles ready, and if you don't have a Bible, we've got extra Bibles on the tables there in the back, most Biblias extras en las mesas de atrás, but open up your Bibles with me, uh, our scripture today is going to be taken from Second Peter chapter 1, and we're specifically looking at verses 12 through 21, 2 Pedro 1 del versículo 12 al 21 es la lectura. There are page numbers there on the screen. Those are page numbers uh, that uh, are tied to the Bibles in the back. So that will help you to find it if you're using those Bibles. La página indica donde está el texto de las Biblias de atrás. This is in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible. And uh, I want you to hold it right there. I'm not going to do what I typically do. I'm not going to read the whole block of this this passage right away. No voy a leer todo de una vez. But rather today we're going to kind of go through this verse by verse, and I really want to encourage you to have your Bibles open or your phone at the ready because I'll be referring and reading these verses individually. Quiero que tengan sus Biblias listas porque vamos a ver este texto versículo por versículo. I think it was about 15 years ago or so. I don't know. Time flies. But uh, my wife and I sat down with an attorney and we put in writing a document that many of you may have. It's called our last will and testament. Hace 15 años escribimos nuestra última voluntad y testamento. And in that last will and testament, uh, we gave specific instructions. We designated legal guardians to care for our two sons who were in grade school at the time. Designamos a tutores legales para nuestros hijos que estaban en la primaria we also gave specific instructions about how to use our finances for the care of our sons in the event of our untimely demise. instrucciones acerca de nuestras finanzas para nuestros hijos también en el caso de nuestra desaparición inoportuna. And that's the way it's been. There's a plan. But uh, over the years, we've realized that it's probably time, after 15 years or so, to update our will. It's time to get that thing rewritten. Es tiempo de poner a corriente esta última voluntad. Why? Well, it's not so much that we have all this money that we've gained in the last 15 years. It's not like we have more money. That's not changed. No tenemos más dinero. But what's changed is our boys. They have grown. han crecido. One's married. The other one is a legal adult. I mean, they don't so much need guardians anymore. No necesitan tutores legales Yeah. What they need, though, is guidance. And that's never going to change. Necesitan guianza. And so, yes, it's time for us to update our will. Uh, but as we contemplate doing that, I'm realizing uh, in that process that the real inheritance I have to give to my sons is not found in my checking account. Mi herencia de verdad no está en la chequera. The real treasure that I want to leave with my boys and with their children and with their grandchildren is a legacy of faith and hope and love in the Lord. Quiero dejarles un legado de fe, amor y esperanza en el Señor. And so to that end, in a way, I've been updating my will these last 15 years. I just didn't realize it. Little by little, what I've been doing is I've been sitting down from time to time, and I've been writing down stories from my life. I've been writing down memories from my life. I've been writing down words of wisdom for my sons, and I've been writing down life lessons that I've gained along the way. poco a poquito escribiendo recuerdos y historias y palabras de sabiduría para mis hijos, and I've got that all amassed together, and someday it's going to go into their hands, and that's going to be part of. My legacy. That's really my last will. That's my testament. Esa es mi última voluntad y testamento. Now, I want to ask you a question. If you were to do that, if you had the opportunity to write down some sort of message for your children or grandchildren, if you had that opportunity to say something to them, what would you write down? ¿Qué ustedes para sus hijos y nietos? What would you want them to remember? What would you want them to know? ¿Qué quisieran que supieran o recordaran? I want us to think about that today because in the scripture that we're about to read from 2 Peter chapter 1, what we find here, in a sense, is the last will and testament of the early church leader, Peter. Esta es la última voluntad y testamento de, de, del, del apóstol Pedro. Now, who was Peter? We know who Peter was. Peter was that early church leader who was in on the ground floor, the founding of the Christian church. Pedro ayudó a fundar la iglesia cristiana. He was there. He was that one who, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, stood up on the day of Pentecost. Se puso de pie el día de Pentecostés bajo la inspiración del Espíritu. And Peter was the one who that day, delivered the sermon of his life. I mean, we're talking about a Jesus-soaked message that was just so powerful and convincing. The Bible tells us that on that occasion, 3,000 People repented. They were converted. They turned away from a life of brokenness and sin and hopelessness to embrace the new life and the new way of the risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Peter was there. Pedro estuvo ahí cuando dio un, un mensaje empapado del Espíritu Santo de Dios, de, de Jesús, y tres mil personas se convirtieron en un solo día. And now, years later, As Peter is reflecting on all that he's done and all that's happened, he realizes something. He realizes that those spiritual children, many of them have grown up. They don't necessarily need what at one point they needed. Now he's realizing they don't need, they don't need guardians, they need guidance. Pedro allá reconoce que sus hijos espirituales necesitan guianza. And so to that end, he writes to them here in Second Peter. And in verse 12, listen to what he says to them. Escuchen lo que dice en el versículo 12. He says, so, I will always remind you of these things. What things? The things of the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the things of the gospel. Por eso siempre les recordaré estas cosas, las cosas del Evangelio. Even though you know them, you know them, and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Por más que las sepan y estén afianzados en la verdad que ahora tienen. You know these things, but I'm going to keep reminding you of them. Peter is wanting these believers to always hold in their lives the message, the power, the truth of Jesus Christ. And he's concerned that that stay with them because he knows he won't stay with them. Él quiere que esta verdad se quede con ellos porque él no va a poder quedarse. He knows that his time is short. Su tiempo es corto. Look at verses 13 and 14. Versículo 13, 14, he says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Además, considero que tengo la obligación de refrescar esa memoria mientras viva en esta habitación pasajera que es mi cuerpo porque sé que dentro de poco tendré que abandonarlo según me lo ha manifestado nuestro Señor Jesucristo. So he knows there's not much time. And so what he's doing here He's expressing with determination his desire to leave something, a legacy, a treasure, an inheritance with these people that will last far beyond his days on this earth. Quiere dejarles un legado, un tesoro. Listen to verse 15. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. También me esforzaré con empeño para que aún después de mi partida ustedes puedan recordar estas cosas en todo tiempo. And so how does Peter want to leave this legacy? ¿Cómo va a dejar este legado? He wants to leave this legacy by putting it into writing. But what Peter is writing down here is not just any writing, man, mind you. This is not like my kind of writing. This is a divine kind of writing. This is writing that is incorporated into what we now have as the sacred scriptures, as the Holy Bible. This is the Word of God. Son escrituras que él que él escribe que son parte de las sagradas escrituras. And so today, as we look at what Peter's writing, what I believe he offers us is a window. He's offering us a peek into the very nature of Scripture itself. Nos está dando una perspectiva de lo que es la Biblia en sí. So, beginning in verse 16, Peter makes it clear that what he is writing down and what the Scriptures are all about is not... As some might say, a collection of fairy tales or of fables. Lo que escriben no es una colección de cuentos de hadas o de fábulas. Listen to what he says. He says, we... That is, those of us who have uh, been uh, preaching to you, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Cuando les dimos a conocer la venida de nuestro Señor Jesucristo en todo su poder, no estábamos siguiendo sutiles cuentos supersticiosos sino dando testimonio de su grandeza que vimos con nuestros propios ojos. Translation, we didn't make this stuff up. This really happened. No inventamos esas cosas. And what we're telling you about, we saw firsthand. This is a firsthand account of what's happened. Hemos visto esas cosas nosotros mismos. And as proof of that, Peter then begins to talk about an event called the transfiguration. was habla de la transfiguración. The transfiguration is an event in the ministry and the life of Jesus that is perhaps one of the best documented events that we have. Uh, Peter not only talks about it here, but you can find the transfiguration described in three out of the four gospel accounts that we have in Scripture. Está descrita la transfiguración en tres de los cuatro evangelios. You may know the story. One day, Jesus takes Peter and James and John, and they go up to a high mountain. And there on that mountain, Jesus' appearance suddenly changes. He is transfigured. He begins to take on a heavenly aura. He begins to shine like the sun. Empieza a tener un aura, Jesús, un aura celestial, brillando como el sol. And as if that weren't crazy enough, in the midst of this, where Jesus is glowing brightly, there appear two figures, two of the Old Testament patriarchs. Se les aparecen dos figuras del Antiguo Testamento. It's Moses, no less. And Elijah, so Moisés y Elias. Now Moses and Elijah are representatives, really, of the Old Testament, of the Hebrew Scriptures. Son representantes del Antiguo Testamento. In fact, in the Bible, many times we find the Old Testament referred to as what? The law and the prophets. La ley y los profetas se llamaban. Well, Moses is the representative of what? The law. Moisés representa la ley. And Elijah, what does he represent? The prophets. Elia representa los prophetas. So here you have the very representatives of Old Testament scripture standing next to Jesus. But then get this in that moment, the voice of God the Father thunders down from heaven upon that scene, and God Himself speaks and says, This one, Jesus. He's the one. This is my son. He's the guy I love. He's the one I've chosen. I am completely pleased with him. Dice cielo. es mi hijo amado. Estoy muy complacido con él. And then in all three gospel accounts, God goes on to say, listen to him. Escúchenlo a él. Wow. Listen to this one. The message of that encounter could not be more clear. The implication is is amazing. Es un mensaje claro. Jesus is the one who is the culmination of God's plan. Jesús es la cumbre del plan de Dios. He is the one that... The law and the prophets are testifying to He's the one that the Old Testament was written about. El punto del Antiguo Testamento. It is the law and the prophets, the Old Testament scriptures, that predicted Jesus, and He's the fulfillment of it. He's the one who's come as predicted to die for sins to rise again from the dead and now to form a brand new community, a new Israel to take the world by storm. It's all about him. Es Jesús que predijo la Biblia que iba a morir, resucitar y formar el nuevo Israel. And Peter's saying, I was there. I saw it with my own two eyes. Lo vi de primera vista. Look at verses 17 and 18. Versículos 17, 18. For he, Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I received honor and glory from Father when he said, This is my Son, I am con pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Nosotros mismos huimos esa voz que vino del cielo cuando estábamos con él en el monte santo. Peter saying, I was there. I've seen Jesus, and so I have the ability to tell you, look to him. Look to him and be saved. Miran a Jesús y sean salvos. Listen to what I'm telling you, because God himself has told me to listen to him. Escúcheme, porque Dios me dijo, escucharlo. a él. And then, in verse 19, Peter says this. I want to break this down. This is powerful. He says, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain, or as it says there, made completely reliable Esto ha venido a confirmarnos la palabra de los profetas. What's the word of the prophets? That's the Old Testament. Okay, We have the word of the prophets. Tenemos la palabra de los profetas, que es el Antiguo Testamento. But we have that word now made completely reliable or made more certain. Esa palabra ha sido confirmada. How has the word of the prophets become completely reliable through what Jesus did in the transfiguration, in his coming, por medio de Jesús. And we have the word of the prophets made reliable by the fact that we saw it and we've written it down for you. In other words, he's saying, we have the New Testament, which confirms the Old Testament. Tenemos el testimonio nuestro que hemos escrito, que es el Nuevo Testamento. So we have the word of the prophets made more certain. We have the Old Testament confirmed in the New Testament. And you would do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, a la cual ustedes hacen bien en prestar atención como a una lámpara que brilla en un lugar oscuro hasta que despunte el día y salga el lucero de la mañana en sus corazones. What's he saying? He's saying we have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, el antiguo, el nuevo testamentos, and this is your light in the dark place of this world. So you need to pay attention to what it is saying. How long, Presting atención a esto, how long until the morning star rises? Jesus is the morning star. Pay attention to his word until the morning star rises in your hearts. That is until faith is born in you and you see him firsthand yourself until he's transfigured before you himself. Presting atención a esto un lucero de la mañana que pay attention to God's word until you encounter Jesus for yourself that's powerful in fact that word pay attention that's translated into English in the original language of the bible that that word that verb can have a lot of Meanings. It's kind of a flexible word. Prestar atención en el original tiene mucha flexibilidad en su significado. Pay attention can mean to attach yourself to something. It's como pegarte algo. Or it can also mean to give yourself over to something. To pay attention is to give yourself over. Or uh, it is to kind of cling to something. Es aferrarte a algo, entregarte a algo. It can even mean in some instances, it can have the idea of being addicted to something. Pay attention. Es casi como ser adicto a algo. In, in other words, fix your gaze so intently upon the word of God until you are completely drawn into it and absorbed by it and overcome. Fijen la mirada la Palabra de Dios hasta que te absorba y cambié until it changes you. Yoda said it best, right? Your focus determines your reality. Tu enfoque determina tu realidad, como dice, llora. I recently uh, listened to a, a, a talk by a Christian author recently that, that caught my attention. Uh, un autor cristiano tuvo una platica. He was kind of giving this analysis of history. And he said, you know, in ancient times, people looked to the sky tiempos antiguos la gente miraba al, al cielo they looked often to the horizon off up there somewhere why well ancient peoples watched the sky for signs miraban el cielo buscando señas but they were also watching the, the horizon and the sky for the approach of an enemy they wanted to make sure they were protected estaban vigilando por, uh, porque a, a llegaban enemigos Now, when we get to the people of Israel, the people of Israel fixed their gaze upon the sky. Why? Because their hope was in God. They were looking for the approach of God. Los israelitas fijaban la mirada en el cielo buscando a Dios. Psalm 121. It's a beautiful song, it's psalm, Psalm Salmo 121. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. A las montañas levanto mis ojos, ¿de dónde de venir mi ayuda? Mi ayuda proviene del Señor, creador del cielo y de la tierra. Ancient people were fixed upon the sky, gazing on it. But then this author said, you know, over time that's changed. And about 300 years ago, there was this change in human history called the enlightenment. Hace 300 años hubo el siglo de las luces. And he said that the, the, the attention of the human race began to change from looking to the sky, looking to God, looking to help in the supernatural, to now looking around and looking at each other, looking at the natural plane, the human plane. Empezamos a ver lo natural en vez de lo sobrenatural. We began looking to human ingenuity and human creativity and human capacity and ability and and human uh, 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 intellect. Estábamos mirando el intelecto humano, la creatividad humana. And out of that enlightenment there have come many good things. Ha habido cosas buenas, advances in science, advances in technology, and in our world. Ha habido avances en la ciencia, la tecnología, la medicina. But what happened is we, we took our eyes off of theology. Ya no mirábamos teología. And we brought it down and we looked around. And we were looking at anthropology, sociology, psychology, ourselves. Mirábamos a la psicología, a la antropología. He says, it hasn't stopped there, though. This author says, now we've got a further problem. We are now reaping what we have sown in the enlightenment because now we are not looking up at God. We're not even looking around at each other. We're not looking up. We're not looking around. You know where we're looking? We're looking down. We're looking to ourselves. Inside our devices and inside of our hearts looking for answers. Estamos ya mirando para abajo en nuestros aparatos, en nuestros corazones, buscando respuestas. We don't even look at each other anymore. And so many don't even think about God. And it's killing faith, hope, and love. It's killing society. Está matando la fe, el amor y la esperanza and it's killing us. Separated. And then the Apostle Peter says, This you need to understand something. You would do well to pay attention to this. Fix your gaze upon this, the Word of God. Hacen bien en prestar atención a esto, la palabra de Dios. First Peter or Second Peter 3:2 he says I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets that's the Old Testament and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles that's the New Testament Recuerden las palabras de los santos profetas que pronunciaron el Antiguo Testamento y el mandamiento que dio nuestro Señor por medio de los apóstoles el Nuevo Testamento And then in Second Peter 1:20 he says this Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. Ante todo, tenga muy presente que ninguna profecía de la Escritura surge de la interpretación particular de nadie. He's saying, this is not just human words. This is not just a human document. No es solo un documento humano. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit Porque la profecía no ha tenido su origen en la voluntad humana Sino que los profetas hablaron de parte de Dios impulsados por el Espíritu Santo This is not your average book what we have in the scriptures of the Old and the New Testaments is the heavenly message of Jesus Christ communicated through Spirit-inspired words by human witnesses who have been there when God has acted. Tenemos el mensaje celestial de Jesús comunicado en in palabras inspiradas del Espíritu Santo por testigos humanos. The Old Testament and the New Testament are like a pair of binoculars, high-powered binoculars through which we can look at the world around us, but we can also look up and we can understand that where we live and why we're here and what we're doing is all about God's plan in Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. El Antiguo y Nuevo Testamento son como unos binoculares por medio de los cuales vemos al mundo y vemos a Jesús. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the one who makes the word of the prophets more certain because he's fulfilled all the prophecies. Él cumplió con las profecías. And he is the one that Peter and John and Paul and James and Matthew and Luke all write about because they were with him. They saw it. It is a reliable word. Es el que, del que escribió Pablo y Pedro y Juan y los demás. And so we would do well to pay attention to Scripture. What are we talking about? We're talking about learning from Scripture. Learning from Scripture. Se trata de aprender la palabra de Dios. And, and making a commitment to learn from Scripture is really making a commitment to become a different person. To become different by committing to learn from Jesus Christ and to live for Him. That's what we're talking about. Se de aprender las Escrituras y hacer un compromiso, personas diferentes. It's about a devotion to Jesus through a devotion to God's Word. It's about learning of Jesus by learning from God's Word. That's what we're talking about. Now, about a month ago, if you were here, maybe six weeks ago, I don't remember, I introduced something called BELLS, a little acronym that I've slowly and kind of sometimes, uh, you know, uh, under the surface been teaching us this year. Hable de una breviatura beach. And uh, BELLS really has to do with habits of different people, the habits we can take on as Christians. And so I want to go over that again. B stands for bless. What would it look like to bless? three people around you this week, for example. Ves bendecir a las personas, a tu alrededor. E stands for eat. Find someone that you can eat with this week. And while you eat with them, you're building relationship. You're sharing your life with them and you're sharing God's love with them. Pueden comer con alguna persona. Se es comer. Last month, the L, the first L of bells we talked about is listen. Spend time listening to God's word, letting that into your heart. That's going to, begin to change you as a person es escuchar a diario la palabra de dios and now the second l that we want to talk about in the next few weeks is learn learn from scripture a ah, es aprender de la palabra de dios by learning from scripture we begin to become different people now in john 5:39 Jesus issues a challenge to some religious leaders in his day that I think has a connection with us. Juan 5.39, John 5.39. Jesus says this to the religious leaders. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Ustedes estudian con diligencia las escrituras porque piensan que en ellas hayan la vida eterna y son ellas las que dan testimonio en mi favor. So, Jesus says, you, you study the scriptures because you think somehow in there you're going to find eternal life. Guess what? You're right. It's talking about me. Buscan las escrituras, vida eterna y ese soy yo. But he says, Here's your problem. You refuse to come to me so that you can have that life. ustedes, sin embargo, no quieren venir a mí para tener esa vida. I think, here's my suspicion. I think we have the opposite problem from the religious people. Tenemos el problema opuesto. They were willing to study the Bible up and down all day long, but they refused to come to Jesus. Estaban dispuestos ellos a estudiar las Escrituras. We want to come to Jesus, but we don't want to get into the Bible in order to do that. We don't want to Study what the Bible has to say, even though Jesus himself says, here's where you're going to find what you need. No queremos investigar las Escrituras. It's a little bit like saying, I want to go to Sacramento. Who'd like to go to Sacramento sometime? Yeah, sure, let's go to Sacramento. Oh, but I I want to go to Sacramento, but I don't want to get on a bus or a train or in a car. I want to go on my hands and knees blindfolded. That's how I want to go to Sacramento. Quiero ir a Sacramento con gatas con una venda sobre los ojos. I guess you can do it, but good luck. It's going to be hard. And yet we say, I want to come to Jesus, but I oh, don't have time for Bible study. So there's a challenge here for us. And in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about learning to be different. Learning from God's word in order to be different people. Queremos ser personas diferentes. Aprender por ser diferente. And so here's a challenge I want to give you this week. Uh, we've been talking now for almost two years and we've been reading through the Bible. Some of you have fallen off the wagon. I get it. Get back up. I want to encourage you. We're, we're on this challenge to read through the entire Bible in two years. Estamos intentando leer toda la Biblia en dos años. Get back up. Keep reading. As you read, I want to just give you two simple Bible study questions this week. Voy a darles dos preguntas para estudiar la Biblia esta semana. And I can post them on our Facebook if you forget. But here are the two questions. Where's Jesus in this passage? está You've heard of Where's Waldo, right? You're looking at the painting and you're trying to find the guy in the red striped shirt. Where's Jesus in this? What does this have to do with Jesus? I guarantee you if you think about it enough and dig enough, you will probably be able to find what any Bible passage has to do about Jesus. And then the second question is, what does he want me to learn here? ¿Qué quiere Jesús que yo aprenda de este texto? If we can even begin to do that this week, guess what? We're doing Bible study. We're learning from the scriptures. The Bible is God's last will and testament. La Biblia es su última voluntad y testamento de Dios. Not because God is dead or dying. He's not going anywhere. It's because he's real. He's alive. He's here. He's now. But he's forever as well. Él vive ahora y para siempre. So let's pay attention to God's word. Prestemos atención a la palabra de Dios. And let's learn from Jesus how to be different. Aprendamos a ser diferentes. Please pray with me, would you? Vamos a orar. God, this has been a week of all kinds of activity for us. Ha sido una semana ocupada para nosotros. We've seen a lot of craziness in our world. We've, we've welcomed a new baby in our church. We've seen our youth have an amazing time. We have a team in Costa Rica. Ha habido una nueva bebe en nuestra iglesia. Los jóvenes han tenido una gran experiencia. Every day, there's something new around us. And every day, God, we believe there is something new in your word. Hay algo nuevo en tu palabra cada día también. Lord, help us to take these words from your holy word to heart. That we might receive them, meditate on them. Let them get inside of our minds and our spirits and our bones. And let these words come to life in actions that are different, habits that are different. Que estas palabras lleguen a nuestros corazones, espíritus, hasta los huesos y que puedan producir acciones diferentes en nuestra vida. We love you, Jesus. Thank you that you are the one, the Father is well-pleased with. Thank you that because of your death on the cross, your resurrection, your coming again, we have the hope of being different people. Gracias, Señor Jesus. We ask these things so appreciative of your legacy. Thank you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And In name nombre del Señor Jesús oramos. And God's people said, Amen.